What's popping, y'all? My name is Phyllis McKenzie, and welcome to Caroline Podcast. If you love the expression of creativity in visual, performing, literary, and culinary arts, then this is the podcast for you. So subscribe and follow our social media pages through the link in the description and be part of the family. Now, let's dive in into today's episode. Carol Life Podcast. I'm glad you're joining us here today. And Ramadan Kareem to all my friends and family who are Muslim. So today we are joined by a brand new guest. She is going to dive us deep into arts itself. Her name is Meghna Giridhar. She is actually the founder of a global curator platform which empowers the independent artisans. So Meghna, thank you so much for joining us here today. Completely my pleasure, Phyllis. This is, this is, I'm so excited to be on your show. Yeah, we are so excited to have you because finally we'll get an in-depth information when it comes to visual arts itself. Absolutely. I'm ready. Yeah, so how about we start by you telling us your story. Who is Meghna? First of all, thank you so much for having uh, me on your show. You know, it's always... Um, great to speak to like-minded people and people from the same field who are looking to promote the same kind of objective that I'm trying to do through my platform, Let's Curate. So in a um, short and sweet way, I'll introduce Let's Curate. Um, in a one-sentence description, if you had to ask me, um, Let's Curate is a global curator platform that aims to unite independent artisans from around the world. Um, the common thread between all our artisans is that they are individuals in the sense that they're not part of an organization. They work individually. Um, they are focused on handcrafted products. Um, they take the time to perfect their art, which is key to what Let's Curate stands for. Um, so this is more of, if you may call it, a move towards sustainable, slow art movement versus mass-produced, fast fashion, you know, everything that's the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. um, so we showcase um, handmade, high-end designs and curated art and crafts, um, textiles and lifestyle products, which are steeped in traditional arts as well as contemporary interpretations. And all of our products or all of the artwork that we present, um, it's unique, it's custom, it's one of a kind. And the idea, the simple idea behind this is to empower independent artisans. I feel like there are, there are many platforms and many avenues that focus a lot on bulk or, you know, things which are mass produced. I wanted to kind of wear a little differently and um, focus more on the individual. That's amazing. And Let's Curate has artisans from Europe, Asia, America, and even around other parts of the world. So can you shed some light on some uncommon art forms showcased in your platform? Absolutely. Um, so you're absolutely right. You know, the way the platform is showcased is we actually, if you go to the platform, you'll see that we have kind of divided the whole um, network based on continents. So we have artisans from Europe, Asia, Australasia, which, is, which includes uh, New Zealand and Australia, Africa, and of course, America and Europe. Um, to highlight a few, um, you know, that's a very tough question for me, Phyllis, because <laughs> I feel all artisans are so special. Um, but to, if I, you know, for the lack of time, I'll just focus on a few of them. 
um, I would begin with um, Asia. Um, we have a wonderful artist. Her name is Jyoti Khan, and she focuses on a traditional Indian art form called Madhubani. Um, mm -hmm. And Madhubani is, um, it's got a certain style uh, where you, you know, it comes from a long time ago. It's passed down, passed down through generations. And she actually learned this art form from her in-laws who are award-winning Madhubani painters. Um, and it's funny because Let's Create began when, I, or rather the idea was in my head, but I kind of got, kind of like kicked it into high gear when I spotted her art at an airport when I was on the way back from India. And I'm not an art, you know, I'm not the kind of person who commissions art pieces, but her piece was so compelling that I just commissioned a painting from her for my apartment in New York. And, you know, that kind of gave me the idea for Let's Curate. So she, um, Madhubani paintings, Madhubani essentially means forest of honey. And it's a district in the northern part of India. And it's a tribal art form which can be traced back to almost 2,500 years ago. And what they do is um, the paintings depict symbolic images of nature as well as, um, uh, I would say, gods and goddesses. This is, um, you know, they, they don't use chemicals. They don't use paints. Uh, the beauty of this art form is that they use broomsticks as brushes. And they use natural colors from leaves and flowers and charcoal as paint color. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's and it's it's very intricate. It's very detailed. Um, they also work in a very free form manner in the sense that if, for example, the 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 commit the you know the piece that I you know commissioned from her, the theme was um, Indian village life. And um, when I spoke to her, and it was the first time, it kind of took me aback a little bit because she said, you know what, I don't, I'm not going to give you a draft. I just draw as I think of the concept and what you get is what you get. And that was pretty scary. But then at the end of and it was, an, it's a long process. It takes a long time because it's so, so detailed and intricate. It took almost uh, six months for her to finish this huge painting that she made for me, completely worth it. But it's very free form. They don't work in a traditional format where they do drafts and then they kind of fine tune the draft. They what they draw is the final is the final version of what's in their head. Um, it was a way of way for generations to pass on stories from their ancestors, and it stayed alive even now. And it's absolutely, absolutely stunning. It was it was a way of storytelling for for um, this particular tribe. And it's still alive. It's extremely rich. It's very diverse, and it's it's um, absolutely fantastic. So that's one unique folk art that we've highlighted. I would say from within Asia, um, mm -hmm. coming to New Zealand. Uh, I'm sure you're aware. Um, New Zealand um, has a deep history with Maori culture, and we mm -hmm. found mm -hmm. a phenomenal artisan who creates bone art jewelry. Um, and the jewelry, again, has deep significance in Maori culture. So you'll see the shapes and the forms, um, you know, kind of depicting the tradition behind that. Um, these are like two traditional, I would say, traditional art forms that which have been kind of, this is like the fifth of the sixth generation that's doing it. And I thought that was absolutely, I had never seen something like that before. Um, and, you know, Let's Curate initially started with me being absolutely obsessed with these 10 artisans that had been following 
um, through my travel. So I, I'm an avid traveler. I would, you know, wherever I would travel, I would kind of try to look for um, local artisans. And I kept in touch with around 10 of them. And, you know, it was funny because there were 10 people from 10 different countries. Um, and I kept in touch with them over many years. And when the idea finally, when I finally sat down and I said, no, this is the year I'm going to begin, I reached out to them and they were my first group of 10 people that I showcased. Um, you know, so it was, um, it's, they, they're all steeped in tradition. Coming to a more contemporary version, we have um, from Europe, we have this absolutely talented maker. She's from um, Estonia. Um, there's one lady from Estonia and one lady from Ukraine, and they both use wire techniques to make their jewelry. And they have a completely contemporary interpretation of that. Um, it's not steeped in tradition. It's something, it's a technique that they learned from their, um, you know, from their um, older relatives, but they have completely modernized their interpretation of that. And we have a wonderful jewelry selection from them. So wire jewelry is, I would say, something that stands out from our Europe collection. And of course, Africa, you know, it, there are no words. You know, we have um, someone who is from Kenya and they have done a wonderful combination of combining social mission with art form. Um, so what they do is all the, uh, you know, all the waste that you see in the oceans, um, for example, rubber, a, a lot of, they, they see a lot of waste in terms of, rub, you know, like slippers being thrown in the, um, in the ocean life and things like that. And they actually redesign them and make them, uh, convert them into animals. Um, so it is actually converting waste into a sustainable product. Um, and they're vibrant and a fantastic representation of animals that uh, come from Kenya. So mm -hmm. as you can see, you know, this I, I can go on and on because I feel like each one of our artisans has something so special because either they are continuing the legacy from their ancestors or they've completely gone the other direction and given us a fresh perspective to what we may have seen in the past. And now you'll be kind of looking at it with a fresh pair of eyes. Mm -hmm. Magna, you know, I've been to several art galleries in my country. We have one that's purely for contemporary art. We call it one of contemporary art gallery. We have one which has mixed art. And what I seem to understand, me myself, I'm not a curator, but as an individual, I normally tell myself that art is not what you see, it's what is inside of you. So for it to appeal to you, it has to speak to you first. So as a curator, what do you look for? in these independent artists? I'm looking for a story. I'm mm -hmm. looking to understand, um, you know, I, not to sound dramatic, but I'm actually looking to see the soul of the person who makes it. And I think this is why I wanted to focus on individuals versus an organization, because I feel each one of us carries um, a combination of stories, our own thoughts, our, you know, our culture, um, influences as we've grown up. And I think, you know, in some way or the other, it comes out in the way we speak, we write, or better still, the way you create. So every time I look at um, a product that's interesting, I kind of now, you know, it's been a while since I've been doing this. Um, when I look at something, I kind of tend to look beyond what I see. I, I, I would probably not see, yes, you, you admire the fabric and you admire 
the way it is presented or the way, you know, when you wear the earrings, the way you look when you wear the earrings. But now when I look at something, I immediately, my, my mind goes to, oh, what made her choose this shape? What made her, what made him choose this material? What is he trying to say? Is it something that he has fond memories of when he was growing up? Is that something that he um, is, is, is there a message that he's trying to give through his or her creations? So um, what I'm trying to see is, I'm trying to see into the mind of an artist. And that's what's so fascinating. And I feel like it's kind of universal and kind of like a never ending search because I feel all of us are unique in that sense. Even though we may have, say if you and I grew up in the same country, we have the same kind of environment, I still feel you and I are different. So when someone creates something, it may be jewelry, but jewelry can be designed in so many different ways. Um, and I think what the final product is, is a final product of your thought and your influences. And that's what I kind of, that's my search with every artisan that I kind of follow or, you know, kind of involve within our network. Well, that, that's actually a very amazing, amazing thought. And Magda, have you ever thought of starting your own art museum? And if so, what would it, would it be about? You know, um, it's an, this is a very interesting question, Phyllis. And um, I, I, I have thought about this uh, a lot because, you know, when I initially thought of this idea, and I, you know, this, this idea was kind of like, it had, it had, it was churning in my mind for years and years before I actually kickstarted it in 2019. Um, so I would say this is almost 10 years in, in the making. And the thing that held me back was, you know, I kept telling myself, you know what, wait, I don't have an education in art history. Um, I have not, I'm not a painter. I haven't created anything. I haven't handcrafted anything. Do I have the right to even think of putting this out there. And through my process, I mean, through the process that I've gone through, I realized that this, this kind of mindset, for some reason, um, I think it's maybe through the literature that we read or, um, you know, the art galleries that we go to too, which kind of, it's kind of this thing where, you know, an art gallery is for someone who has a very deep understanding of art. And I kind of want, over the years, I've realized that, yes, there is, there is, you absolutely, I absolutely appreciate what uh, very niche art, art, art galleries are trying to do. They're trying to, you know, for those who are educated and those who have studied and learned this for years and years, you want to kind of give them an outlet and help them get to a higher level when it comes to appreciating art. And absolutely, that is so important in this world. But I also feel that, you know, art, like you said, art appeals, art is for everyone, mm -hmm. to put it simply. And if I had an art gallery, I think I would want, the message that I would want to kind of relay through that space would be everyone is welcome. Whether you're an artist, whether you're a lay person, whether you're someone, it's not a space to judge. It's not a space to say, this is great art and this is not great art. What appeals to you may not appeal to someone else, but it is everyone's right to appreciate and enjoy it. So I feel if I ever got to that degree where I had my space, I would continue, of course, to support independent individual artists and artisans. Um, but I would also kind of 
provide the space for those who may have felt a little restrained thinking, oh, I've never had an education in this, but this is what I love to do and this is my passion. Where do I go? My space would be a space for those kinds of artists. That's the, I, I would say that would be my dream. Mm -hmm. And Meghna, you, you are Indian, right? Yes. So are there any challenges you've faced as a curator being Indian but living in the United States? You know, to be honest, I have not. Um, I, and I'm, I'm very, very grateful to that, uh, grateful for that because um, once I, you know, the, the, I would say the shortcomings and the challenges were kind of within myself. Um, like mm -hmm. I just explained, you know, the idea was in my mind and I kept holding myself back thinking, do I really, you know, can I do this? Should I do this? Am I uh, good enough to do this? And I felt like once I put the energy out into the world and I said, no, you know what? I want to do it and I feel so strongly about it. It has stayed with me for so long. I really need to make something of it. Once I, it was interesting. Once I put the idea across to the artisans and then, off, you know, um, I decided to turn it into a real business. So I had to, of course, take care of the business aspects of it, like creating the platform, you know, finding uh, the right person to create, you know, to create the vision or represent the vision that I had in my mind. It actually flowed pr pretty smoothly. So I felt like I held myself back. The challenge was that I had to kind of dig myself out of the hole and say, no, you know what? I can do it. I want to do it. And I will voice what I'm thinking. The rest was kind of easy. The challenges were... Um, I would say there were challenges, but it was it was in a different um, area, to be honest. But, uh, you know, being an Indian, um, you know, uh, growing up in India, but living in New York, that aspect, I don't think was challenging at all. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you didn't receive any challenges because quite recently we've been having the hashtag stop Asian hate. And I'm really glad that your work has not been tampered with when it comes to who you are as a person. Thank you so much for that. And yes, I, you know, it is horrific what's going on. And, um, you know, this, this absolutely needs to stop. Um, at an individual level, it has not affected me. But, you know, my heart goes out to all those who are facing this and who have to live in fear and hesitation to kind of even step out of their house. It, it is appalling. Um, it needs to stop now. I'm, I'm, it, it is just something that's, um, it's too, it's too horrifying to even put, put into words. Mm -hmm. And for the sake of any artist listening, how do you find new artists or new ideas as a curator? Um, you know, typically I kind of work in a, my format is no format. <laughs> to be, to be <laughs> <very>. <laughs> um, because, you know, this is, this is, I, I'm consciously trying to step away from creating a framework because as you know, you know, art is a free form. I don't want to be, uh, creating a set of rules because if I set a, if I put down a set of rules, I will only attract the kind of people who meet those kinds of rules, and that's that was exactly what I wanted to go away from. Um, so I would say when I if there are artists who are interested in collaborating with us, me and my team are more than thrilled to have a look at your work. Um, there are a bunch of ways in which we collaborate, so it's not. Um, it's not just an online showcase. We create content. We, um, because the idea is to, like I said, go behind 
what actually influences you or inspires you as an artist. So we find a bunch, we have a different, different ways of um, bringing that to the forefront. So if there are any artists listening who are interested in learning more about how we could work with them, the easiest way is to reach out to us. Um, we are on Instagram at let's underscore curate, um, or you can email us at let's curate info at gmail.com. Please be if we are a very small team, please be assured we respond to each and every email that we receive. Um, so, you know, I, I would never, you know, my biggest, my biggest fear is to miss an email from someone who um, is passionate and who's kind of interested in showcasing um, their work because I feel like I would miss out on something magical. So I'm always very, you know, me and my team are always very much on alert for any kind of new um, emails or any new outreach from artists. So the easiest way is to just reach out through whichever way is the most convenient. Um, and in terms of what we're seeking from potential collaborations is one, a very defined perspective of your own. Um, two, something um, we, like I said, we only work with individuals. We only work with people who focus on custom work. So we don't, um, I would say we are not involved or work with artists who make say 10,000 pieces of the same kind of jewelry. We're more about, uh, you know, presenting say a ceramic collection of 10 pieces or, you know, like handcrafted boomerangs, which would be, you know, a collection of five pieces. Um, there are artisans that we have, artisans and artists that we have in our network who also change the, you know, who change their perspective or their inspirations based on how they evolve. And that's, again, very fascinating. We had someone who, um, you know, we presented a ceramics collection that she, she made and it was fantastic. And she came to me a couple of years later and she said, you know what, I'm actually tired of ceramics. I want to move to, I want to move to some other material. And I don't know what it is, but I feel like my time with working with ceramics has ended. I'm not, you know, feeling as inspired as before. Um, I'm going to take a break and I'll be back. And I was, that brought me so much joy because, you know, I felt like she felt confident to come to me and say, you know, give me space, give me time and I'll be back. And she came back with something completely different. She moved into actually doing a watercolor painting collection, which also we presented. And it was such a wonderful process to see her um, evolve and change and grow as an artist. And I thought that was that was a victory for Let's Curate because, you know, she felt confident and she felt she had the freedom to change and grow, which is what I feel is how art evolves. And Magna, do curators have an ethical or maybe a social responsibility when it comes to their work? Absolutely. I feel like not a curator, but I feel as individuals or in whatever form or shape that we work, um, it is the need of the hour. It is not something that's a byproduct of a business or a lifestyle. I think it's just, it has to be just like you brush your teeth, having a sustainable lifestyle or an you know, a ethical perspective to life is something that we can and should train ourselves to be involved in. And I think it's, it's again, a process. Um, you consciously accept and try to 
follow on that path it may be not it may not be easy it may not be a straight path but i think the first, the step needs to be taken and speaking of paths what is a good career trajectory path for a curator where should one start and where should one aim when it comes to their work i think having a very clear vision of what it is you want to say mm-hmm. is that's it it's as simple as that and you know it sounds simple but it's actually a very difficult uh, i would say it's a very difficult mindset to um kind of develop and be in the be in a space where you're like this is who i am and again this is something where you know your if your basic or if the foundation of your mission is clear you will grow in a way which will support that mission so the the mission is extremely important so to give you an example when we um when we first launched in june 2019 um you know we launched with 10 artists from 10 countries um these were people that had kept in touch and um, you know they were we were happy to have them on board they were excited it was very very um it was such a nice cohesive group and the mission even in june 2019 was to empower individuals now since 2019 we've grown a lot from being um, an online showcase we've actually moved to um, launching limited edition initiatives we have launched something called art spotlight where every month we highlight the work of one artist i'm not talking about artisan this is purely people who are involved in who who create paintings or textile fabrics or you know artists in that sense so we don't um, showcase products as, as such within the artist spotlight so we've we've grown from being uh, in simple words an online store to launching multiple initiatives and we've now you know because of the what happened was in 2020 um we had signed on to a bunch of uh, to represent at a ton of artist fairs and as you know the pandemic hit us and we were you know we were paralyzed for a couple of months and i felt a huge responsibility to towards all the people that i was representing because you know we had all these plans and they were all shut down within a matter of days um and for two months me and my team we just didn't know where to kind of take this but you know through adversity like they say comes opportunity and that's when we said you know what all the stuff that we were supposed to showcase at in person fairs and pop up stores we are just going to do it online we are just going to start something called ready to ship collection which we did we all through that came a uh, limited edition initiatives where people um we had newer people who approached us and they said you know because of the pandemic i only have resources to make a collection of three pieces um you know where do i show that it's not enough to create a shop or a website to have three pieces what is is there some way you can support me and that led us to limited edition where it doesn't matter whether you make one piece or three pieces or five pieces it's custom it's handmade you've taken the effort you're representing something unique we will give you a space for that and that's how limited edition began in 2020 and we've grown to about i think eight or nine um artists and artisans who have showcased their work with us um and we've now also grown to provide resources for them where we do a lot of uh, video content for them where artists take us you know to their studios they talk about the work that they're currently working on 
you know, these are all avenues which is important for them to kind of put a face to their work and also for the for the listeners and the customers to understand where the person is coming from. But through all of this, my mission stayed the same. So as a curator, I think it's extremely important to be very clear about what your framework is in the sense, what are you trying to say? If that message is clear, everything else that branches out of that is just going to support the, the basic, uh, I would say the basic thought process. And after the pandemic, do you think that Let's Curate can actually have a face-to-face -face exhibition? I really hope so. Um, I'm not sure, keeping fingers crossed, I mean, I'm hoping that we can kickstart in summer this year. Um, but, you know, Phyllis, uh, what has happened is we are now prepared for any situation. If, you know, God forbid the, the pandemic worsens or things, you know, still stay unsafe or it's not kind of, uh, we don't get the green signal to have large in-person fairs. We still have options that we um, have come up with to connect buyers and uh, artists. However, I still feel I would love an opportunity to talk about all the products and all the wonderful work that our artisans have created and have a face-to-face -face interaction with people who are interested in that. I think nothing beats a face-to-face you know, a meetup because there is something, you know, there is there is Zoom and there's Skype and there's the computer and there's all of this. But, you know, to actually get the opportunity to hug someone or talk to someone or show them their work while they're standing next to you, I think that's, uh, I hope that never changes because I think there's something, uh, devices can never replace in-person relationships. Um, so I'm really hoping that we get an opportunity if not this year, we would be ready whenever uh, whenever things open up. But we've also made sure that we have created avenues and spaces for artists to continue showing their work in some manner or the other. And speaking of art, you mentioned earlier that you've met a lot of artisans from different parts of the world who have art that's filled with culture in it. So do you think that maybe in this century and centuries before, art has actually evolved or maybe changed? Absolutely, I feel it evolves every day. It evolves every day when someone just picks up a paintbrush or someone just picks up clay and says, you know what, I'm going to make this. And there is some, uh, you know, the, the, the thought process starts with you know, the idea comes through something. It's either a story that you've read or some a remark that someone makes or a place that you visited and you were enthralled with. Um, so I do feel that it is the traditional part of, there will always be people who will focus on tradition and there will always be people who will focus on the contemporary. And I think mm -hmm. both need to have the time and the space to grow. I don't think the I don't think developing one means the death of the other, um, and that is the that's the universal beauty of art because um, I don't think it's such a strong force. I don't think any kind of art that's compelling or speaks to people can ever can ever stop or die. And what advice, Magna, would you give an artist who is listening right now? My advice would be, if it's something that 
constant if it's a thought that constantly distracts you that never leaves your mind that you know within yourself is something that you should pay attention to it's time to work on that you know i i feel like we are trained to kind of follow the straight and narrow path you know we we study we do a job you know there are certain rules that somehow we we kind of compelled or we not pressurized i would say we just kind of follow um the herd to for lack of a better term um and i think great artists or true artists not great artists true artists are those who have the courage to just say you know what this actually does not work for me i i i feel something inside me that i really need to pursue um and if it means breaking from the mold or if it means taking a chance i would say take the leap of faith um it took me a while to take the leap of faith and um it's not a regret but i wish you know it's not a regret but i i feel like you know i could have learned a lot more if i had just turned my idea into what it is right now a few years ago um you know time is not wasted but i just feel like now i now there's so much there's so much um freedom in my thought because i've kind of like broken the shackles of am i supposed to do this once you break the shackles and break the locks of what i'm supposed to do versus what i really feel compelled to do i think that's you know that's the start of something really good for yourself and i think that's such an individual kind of feeling because it's not something you can express completely to anyone um you know just to give you an anecdote when i when i launched um you know uh, the website um it was it was on a sunny day in june 2019 i was all alone in my apartment and my technical team they called me and they said oh when do you want to launch it everything's ready everything's been approved um and um you know i was in the house you know my kids were there my husband was there it was a full house and i knew the next day i was going to be alone because the kids were going to be at school and i didn't have work you know um i didn't have my day job at that point uh because i had kind of quit to do this my husband was at work and as they said you know do you want to launch it now because we're ready and i said to myself you know i have carried this within me it's like a baby that you carry within you and only a mother knows how it feels right to give birth and to carry that that soul within you and i said you know what let's launch it tomorrow because and the reason i said that was because i wanted to be all alone i wanted to be just with myself in the moment when i kind of set this platform out into the world like like it's kind of like giving birth to a baby um but it's uh, you know the reason i'm i'm giving you this anecdote is because that's the thing the, the what compels you is a very individual feeling and if it's strong enough and if you're passionate about it you need to um you know experience it completely and be present and just follow it just follow through and i feel the courage comes when you take the first step and as we wind up medna how has your journey in being a curator shaped who you are today i feel i'm a lot more fearless i'm a lot more fearless i uh that does not mean i'm perfect and um i'm fearless and i'm also very aware at how much more i need to learn about about this field um how much more growth is possible and that is exciting um that is very liberating um 
and that has i think that that has kind of uh, my personality has moved from being filled with doubt or uncertainty to kind of knowing and being very assured that this is this is what i'm going to pursue for a long time and it's very exciting to know and wake up every morning and open your eyes and say oh my god this is another brilliant idea i get to do what i love every single day and it's a very exciting um, way to live your life i would say so i think i kind of moved from filled with doubt about oh you know i did or i studied all of these things and i was doing this corporate job and i have this amazing paycheck um and you know life is good you know life is good life is smooth to now being being fulfilled in a manner which is not without its challenges which is uncertain i don't know the path ahead but it fills me with you know joy and excitement every single day and i feel like you know being in one in being one with my adventurous spirit is what what has it, let's curate has brought me up until this stage hopefully the path ahead is just as exciting even if it's filled with challenges i i really look forward to what's coming ahead and speaking of the path ahead what's the long term vision for you and let's curate um i'm just keeping it simple you know i um i have learned not to make plans um i think the biggest um the biggest thing that holds me back is to say oh in 5 years i want to be here in 10 years i want to be there um i've kind of let go of that thought process i just want to keep the door open for emerging artists and artisans individual creators um i just want to create different kinds of avenues and platforms to showcase them in the best possible manner because i feel without art um it's a very very lonely space to be in so all i hope is to kind of continue growing and supporting the mission of let's curate which is um just to empower people who want to follow their own path and we've come to the end of today's episode magna thank you so much for being our guest today thank you so much phyllis this was wonderful thank you for this opportunity Thank you too and for anybody who is listening remember let's curate is on Instagram at let's_curate it's a global curator platform that brings to you unique handcrafted creations by 36 makers from 24 countries and if you'd like to be part of this you can find let's curate on their website at www.letscurate.com and their email and all their social links will be in the description down below So make sure to go and follow them, check them out, and you could also be part of this global curator platform. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Magna? No, that was it. I'm just very grateful to have this opportunity to create this platform not only because uh, because of the platform itself, but also the opportunity to speak to um like-minded people like you uh, from around the world i'm in new york you're far away but i feel like we're connected and that's i think that's such a victory for such a victory and such a it's such an overwhelmingly positive feeling for this entire movement that i'm trying to create mm-hmm. art connects people from different dimensions and different parts of the world so yeah this is actually a very nice experience for me and my audience too thank you so much And thank you all for tuning in to Kerala Life podcast. We are on Spotify, 
Amazon Music. We are also in Apple Music and in iTunes Store. You can drop a follow there and also drop a rating and review. It helps us a lot. But this week, this is the end. Join us next week for a brand new episode. Goodbye, everybody. And that will be it for this week. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcasting app, especially Apple Podcasts, and share it with all your friends. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, creativity is intelligence having fun. Until next time, hashtag PodRock.